Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast Veritas Supra Veritates. Uh, I was told I pronounced it wrong the last time. Um, today, we're going to be going over some more of Pope Francis's encyclical. We're going to be getting into the section of Throwaway World. Um, but first, we're going to start by praying for the Pope. Um, so, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. A throwaway world. Paragraph 18. So, to start, some parts of our human family, it appears, can be readily sacrificed for the sake of others considered worthy of a carefree existence. Ultimately, persons are no longer seen as a permanent value to be cared for and respected, especially when they are poor and disabled. Not yet useful, like the unborn, or no longer needed, like the elderly. We have grown indifferent to all kinds of wastefulness, starting with the waste of food, which is deplorable in the extreme. Okay. Wait. Okay. (laughs) I think we're both really excited to get in. Um, Is he comparing abortion to wasting food? Uh, Yes. Yes, he is, I believe. Um, So, wait. So, if I throw away a slice of moldy pizza, am I on the same level as a a mother who aborted her child? Yeah. in reality, no. According to this document, maybe I. Uh, well, let okay. So let let's start with the beginning. So the Pope is is. I, I would agree with the first part. So some parts of our human family, once again, we get it appears now. Just so you know, as far as um, scholastically speaking, the we I the fact that you would say it appears, it seems, where you don't Isn't make a very strong like it point. Is? versus it is is actually a style um it's usually used in literary papers at least um more so i think than other papers because you're basically you're basically a, a giving meaning to something which may or may not have intended meaning but you're basically making a case for it so the fact that he says it appears it seems it seems weak for a theology you know if he's trying to teach theology it seems like it would be weak but um I, th- I think that is part of his I think that style might be intentional and not necessarily a sign of cowardice or, or an unwillingness to like be definitive in his stance it might just be his style uh, that being said though uh, I actually think this is better because he doesn't give up he doesn't really give a concrete examples but I do agree with the statement uh, Mother Teresa had a had a statement that she made about the fact that it's poverty that a child must die so that you can live the way you want. And I feel like that's kind of, um, you know, and obviously Mother Teresa had firsthand experience with all kinds of different poverties. And um, I think her quotation would have agreed with what the Pope is saying here, that um, human beings can be sacrificed for the sake of others considered worthy of a carefree existence. Um, I think we see that in, like, some of the women lately who have been, like, um, I don't, reg- uh, it's not, I don't regret my abortion. Um, there's a, there's a, like, I'm thinking of like 
oh, what's the lady's name from the great and powerful Oz? Um, oh, um, Gwyneth. No, not Gwyneth Paltrow. No, um, it's the, is it Michelle something or? Yeah, I think. But, you know, where she is, where she was holding, I think, some award of some TV show saying, I had an abortion. If I had it, you know, I wouldn't have had this piece of plastic. Like, people are making fun of her because of the fact that it, her, her premise is so ridiculous. But in a sense, it's like. Michelle Williams. That was Michelle Williams. Okay. Um, where, like, this is exactly what, what she's saying, that she wanted a certain type of existence, a carefree existence, and a baby may have hindered that. Um, obviously, you don't know that for sure, but you, you see that. There's other have been other instances of people who are like, I, you know, I wanted to go to college, so I had to kill my baby. Well, and it's so this whole idea. It's, it's kind of idolatry a little bit. It's, it's that whole idea of sacrificing a child to a god. In this case, it's not like some sort of paganistic god that you're used to re- reading about or seeing in movies this is just the their god is their job or their career or their their chance at a, a successful future Yeah, money yeah so i i totally agree with that and i think um i think this quotation 13 that is in that chapter um i believe he's quoting himself there uh yes addressed to the diplomatic corp 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 corp, corp accredited to the holy see yeah okay so i wanted to um, say corpse but no, it's it could just spell it right. Just um, Apple Core, C O R E. Not that hard. Uh, it it comes from the Latin. Uh, yeah, word. yeah, I know. Okay, for body. So it's a group of individuals. Okay, um, but here's the thing. I it I would. So he's used this comparison twice. Cause like, okay, totally love it. That, well, it's good that he's addressing the issue of unborn children. Yes, but do you really need to address that along with? wasting food poor disabled no longer needed like the elderly the unborn yes those are the most vulnerable in our society i love the fact you mentioned them but there's not like a triple dot like he was talking last time about something different and then just threw the food thing in but yeah so like we have grown was, indifferent he's to quoting, all kinds yeah. of wastefulness starting with the waste of food like yeah okay i could take it but which is deplorable in the extreme he's, he makes it sound That's like really wasting harsh. food is worse yeah i mean yeah, it it does. I mean, now granted, are it's there like, people oh, it's who bad to kill food? children and old people, but man, that salad you should have finished it. Yeah, I don't know. I do. I mean, and I agree. We shouldn't waste food, but um, I I just don't think that those are quite comparable. That, yeah. I mean, but the other issue too is that if we had if if we had a massive conversion to the faith among the people of the world, we would be able to get food to all these different, you know people like it's not like we don't send aid to these countries the problem is is they've got such corrupt governments that the money doesn't get to the actual people yeah we see that in puerto rico we see that in haiti where you know they had this earthquake we try you know americans take up collections to give money to all parts of the world that are in need and then it all ends up in the hands of of corrupt well individuals it's one of those things like you were saying earlier that the pope's primary job is to give us food for the soul right he shouldn't be concerned with this is a political thing like pretty much of getting food to people it's it's a good thing to be worried about but his concern should really be are they getting the spiritual food that they need first well and that is that is true and i one of the things is though and this comes from the bible like you have to take care of the physical needs of people so that they're willing to accept their spiritual needs being dealt with. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. If you had missionaries in these places, if you had good, holy Catholic priests and religious mission, you know, being missionaries to these people, 
you wouldn't have you would have you would have individuals with at least the ability to lead people in fighting against their corrupt governments. Mm-hmm. He's associating to capitalism and to capitalist greed what really belongs rightfully to mostly these governments and the cronies that are in these corrupt governments. Mm-hmm. And that is that's kind of disturbing to me because the other thing he's promoting is this globalism which would be even worse. Like, yeah, it would be it's bad what enough. he's seeing in these countries on a global scale. Right. We are, it's already bad enough that we have corruption in the American government and, you know, like all these different places have corruption in them. We're trying to root it out. But if you had a global system of corruption, there'd be, there'd be no way the little guy could fight against it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, you know, it's a really horrible idea. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to 19. Yeah, it sounds like, so uh, a decline in the birth rate, which leads to the aging of the population, together with the regulation of the elderly to a sad and lonely existence, is a subtle way of stating that it's all about us, that our individual concerns are the only thing that matters. In this way, what is thrown away are not only food and dispensable objects, but often human beings themselves. We have seen what happened with the elderly in certain places in our world as a result of the coronavirus. They did not have to die that way, yet something similar had long been occurring during heat waves and in other situations. Older people found themselves cruelly abandoned. We fail to realize that by isolating the elderly and leaving them in the care of others without the closeness and concern of family members, we disfigure and impoverish the family itself. We also end up depriving young people of necessary connection to their roots and a wisdom that the young cannot achieve on their own. I do kind of agree with some of the stuff in this. Yeah, I absolutely do. I think it's good that he's, again, he's comparing food and human beings in the same sentence. It's just, what is his deal? Um, Where did you see that? uh, What is thrown away are not only food and dispensable objects, but often human beings themselves. Oh, yeah. Again, he's making it sound like throwing, like Like he's getting the right direction, but but again, it's like, why does it sound like throwing food out is worse than killing, like, I, I don't know. I think it is because he has lived in a place where could, food was, is always scarce. Was scarce. I mean, I'm assuming I don't. I've never been to Argentina. He's just. It's like. It's like he didn't eat when he wrote this. He, yeah, so he's just like, and I really want a cheeseburger. I'm just. And then he just subconsciously kept keep writing food. Uh, probably not. I, it might be a translation error too. I for think all we he's know. Also quoting himself from another talk. Yeah, from I that think same, he it's that is. Same yeah, the diplomatic, diplomatic corps. They still spelled it wrong. Um. I'm not going to let that go. Uh, that is how you spell it. I know, but I'm, okay. I, I'm not going to let it go. Um, okay. What happened with the elderly? So, uh, and then he talks about coronavirus again, the Kung flu, the wonderful Kung flu. Um, they did not have to die that way. Yeah. Um, I think actually there's an issue in this statement that um, I, I, and this is hard because the Pope has said things outside of this document. So a decline in birth rates. What causes a decline in birth rate? It's not the fact that we don't well, have good it's, modern Well, it can medicine. be two things. Uh, it can either be that they're killing them. They're, they're killing them, yes. Or they're just not having them in the first place. Right. Or, you know, that we're not encouraging marriage among among Catholics. That, and, But here's the thing. We have a pope who said, well, Catholics don't have to breed like rabbits, which is true. But we should be encouraging Catholics to well, have what's large funny Catholic is families. He would say that they don't have to breed like rabbits, but then we... He talks about disfiguring and impoverishing the family itself. It, like, he that's one, himself. like, to, to say that they shouldn't be breeding like rabbits is one definite way to, you know, impoverish the family. Right. Well, because it, he starts with a decline in the birth rate. Mm-hmm. Well, increase the birth rate. I mean, it is like, that is part of the problem. Well, and the I think he forgets that, that lots of children are usually what help 
make marriages successful. Yeah, I do feel like... There are other things associated with that, but that is one of the key things I think that you need to have. I think a lot of marriages where they either didn't have kids or they didn't have very many, it it kind of gave the marriage problems. Along with a bunch of other things. Am I getting in the wrong... No, no, I'm just laughing about the fact that you and I, who are both single... We're both single. We are marriage (laughs) experts, as you can clearly tell. I I, I was raised in a family, I know. No, but I think there's a generosity that that... there's a generosity that comes with being open to children. And when you're generous in one area, your generosity tends to help solidify um, relationships and other things. So you're generous with your spouse, which leads to a, a, um, a fruitfulness of children. Mm-hmm. And you have these children and you have to be generous to them. And so you, you grow in that virtue, which helps you to um, be more generous to your spouse, which generosity usually leads to healthy. Well, and I think there's just there's something special about babies that changes people. Like there's just it's it's a weird. I, it's almost like a weird instinctive nature thing. But it's just like like you, you've seen how like certain how girls get when they're around babies. Yeah, and even how like some guys get. Like it's there's just something in there's some instinctual thing inside us that kind of changes us. And then when it's one of your own children. And I'm speaking hypothetically because I don't have any of my own, but it's one of those things where it, 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 it's 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 yours, and so there, there there's a responsibility that kind of naturally comes into you when that happens. And yeah. I think the more children you have, the more you get used to that responsibility, and the more it it forms your character and your your spiritual life. Well, here's the other thing that that I think too with it is that family. So uh, when I was in the convent, I worked at a daycare center. Um, which is funny because I, I, as a general principle, am opposed to daycare centers. Um, the same They're way dirty. I'm opposed They're to nursing so homes. Um, the uh, but the the thing is, is that I, the more if you have a certain number of children, it's not financially feasible to put them in daycare, which means you have to find family for them to be you know either the mom stays home or the dad stays home Mm -hmm. or they stay with grandpa like there has to be a family connection when you have a large family and the other thing too is you just have siblings taking care of each other which fosters a a unity among the members of the family what i feel like we're seeing now originally the first generation of people who got stuck uh, in nursing homes were not they were people who took care of their children when they were young and whose children just grew up to be such that they put them in nursing homes. But I feel like in some ways the new the, the later generations of people who are these elderly people who are being sent to nursing homes which is I think what he's talking about where they're just they're, like they, left they're to living di- they're alone abandoned yeah, and left to die and living to get on their old own. And die. I, I I guess I'm envisioning nursing homes even though he doesn't say that specifically, mm-hmm. but all I can think of is I feel like in a little bit that's karma because a lot of these people are you know put their kids in institutions when they were little and so these kids are growing up thinking well mom and dad you go to institutions when you're when you can't take care well, of yourself it's one of those things too or if you didn't have a good relationship with your parents growing up and your parents didn't have a good relationship with you like you move out and they just you don't want to live together anymore because right. it's you, you didn't have anything there's nothing keeping you together at that point yeah you have no parental bond and so it's just like it makes sense to you to you're, you're fine with the idea of them being in a nursing home. And in some cases, I think the parents themselves are fine with being in a nursing home because they're like, yeah, I see my kid. I know them. But like there's no. Yeah, there's I no th- connection there. Think, 
I think that no, is possible. Yeah, that there's, there's no not drive. A I don't know that I would say there's no parental. I, and I don't think it's. <laughs> well, yeah, that obviously there's some, but I think it it's it's a weakened parental relationship and i think it makes it easier to justify the oh we'll just let them we don't we don't have the ability to take care of them we're too busy i think we'll just let them stay in a nursing home it'll be better they'll be taken care of by somebody else yeah we'll put them tend to them who can yeah we give money to them so they can somebody else can take care of them yeah i think that is but once again good big catholic families striving for holiness would really solve the problem of of elder for most Mm -hmm. people obviously they're going to be elderly people who just don't have family mm-hmm. that happens but it would do but it would significantly decrease that number if you had if you had that these kinds of situations because the other thing too Be- is holy people okay now having come from a convent most holy people are easier to live with than not holy not mm-hmm. not all of the time they, there are holy people that are obnoxious to us I think Isaiah said that and let us beset the just man for he's obnoxious to us. So I understand that there are not, not that's not always the case, but um, I do feel like if, if, if we really as a church focused on creating holiness, a lot of these social ails would, would go away. And I, I do agree. I think that, I think the elder, you know, I've, I think nursing homes are, are very sad places. Mm-hmm. And I think it's society in general has made a shift of, it makes it, uh, I think, you don't adult people now i think don't envision having their parents live with them when they get old like i think for us i have a feeling that mom and dad are probably going to when they retire take turns bouncing from children's house to children's house just kind of hanging out with us for a couple years at a time maybe Mm -hmm. until they eventually just pick one of us and settle down yeah but i think it's one of those things but and then that's fine because you know we have a good relationship with our parents so that's fine with them living with us basically they, they'd mm-hmm. have like a, a, a their own bedroom and they would just hang out and they would hang out with the grandkids and stuff like that and they would be happy doing that until it was their time to go um but i think that sort of idea of having your parents live with you is this thing where it's like oh that's not cool anymore like you put mom and dad in a home and you forget about them basically or you go and visit them once a week or send the kids over you don't you, this whole idea of when they get old you just say yep you're gonna live with us now until it's your time has yeah. kind of gone away and society's made it look bad. I do think the other thing, though, that I've noticed that I think also plays a part in it has to do with the fact that both moms and dads tend to be worker, working. Um, it used to be that you had moms staying home in the home. And mm-hmm. so for the a mom to take care of an elderly parent was less of a burden. Like it was something more feasible because the mom was home all day. Mm-hmm. And I think that our society has shifted so that both parents are working it makes sense. They throw the kids in daycare centers. They throw the, the adults in, in nursing homes. Like it, it's just, it's what you do with people who you can't take care of because they need individualized care. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are there, but I mean, and obviously there are situations, especially with all the, like the dementia and things like that. There are people who have to go to nursing homes simply because um, they do things like, you know, like I know of people who have had dementia where they, thought like their one of their children was really their spouse and so when they saw so like you had a husband wife and the mom of the the husband thought that um the husband that the the son was her was her husband and so whenever she saw the wife she got jealous because she thought her husband was having an affair <laughs> like i understand is there when, a reason you you picked the woman for that one as opposed to um no, but I was just like, so I, I know of a situation where it's like, yeah, you that 
for the sake of the, the, the poor woman, you just have to let her go to a nursing home mm-hmm. so that she's out of the situation because you can't kick the wife out. Yes. Um, and so I get that. I mean, there are times when too, like some people who have really bad dementia are a danger to themselves or the family. Like I know another family where they tried to have the mom stay with them. It, women tend to outlive men. So most of these, the stories that I know are usually women. women. Um, yeah. Guys but, do stupid stuff when we get killed sooner. It's just what happens. Oh, uh, no, I just, women just on average have a six year there we just have a you just have life a expectancy lifespan. that's six years yeah. higher that doesn't mean all women die after or die live longer but anyway the it's just it is pretty safe to say that most guys are stupid though although you know what's really funny is oh i cannot remember her name the woman who wrote the feminine mystique was trying to promote the equal rights amendment and one of the arguments she made was that you know there's a discrepancy between the life expectancy for men and women wouldn't it be wonderful if you didn't have to have like wouldn't it be great if that were equal and all i could think of is okay seriously a piece of legislation that argues something that is not real like that men and we men and women are even though they're equal they're not the same is not going to change the life expectancy of men unless you start killing off women when they hit the age of 72 because that was the life expectancy of men. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, the like there was a, a woman who was would turn on the stove and so she almost gassed the family unknowingly because she just didn't, you know. And so I understand that there are situations and then the people, you know, you just make sure you visit frequently. But even then, like, they don't always remember that you visited it's hard it's one of those things where yeah but i think to say that that a majority of women have that problem i don't think that'd be right it's most women i think would be fine and it's not and like this is usually by that point when they're to that stage of dementia that usually means that they uh, don't have necessarily a lot of time left um that's not true uh people can live very many years with dementia dementia? yeah before they they go i guess one of our grandmas stayed great grandma lived pretty long with dementia didn't she yeah, she's died in her 90s. and yeah. yeah, so I guess you could live that long. But it's one of those things where you cross that bridge and you get to it, kind of. Yeah, and I do. So and I up don't until think that point, you should really be with spending as much time with your parents as you can. Well, not entirely, though. Because well. <laughs> you, you move out of your parents' I'm basement. telling mom. <laughs> well, no, but I, I mean, I just think there's a healthy... Obviously, relationships change as you get older. And so they should, and they should change that's healthy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you shouldn't be so self-absorbed that you don't recognize your family unit as a family unit. Mm-hmm. Because I do think we need to have, we do get a wisdom from the elderly um, who have lived good lives and um, that it, it helps the young. I mean, we, my, our. Well, and I think that's a point that he talks about is we end up depriving young people of necessary connection to their roots and a wisdom that the young cannot achieve on their own. So that's kind of what you're talking about is that it's good to have a good relationship with your parents because they can pass wisdom on to you that you then can pass on to your children. Right. Well, and even not just your parents, like I just think about my grandmother lived with us for a number of years. I don't know how old you were. You may not really remember. All I remember is that she was German and she (laughs) wasn't (laughs) happy when we jumped on the couch. Um, Yeah. I learned all my German swear words from her. Yeah. Um, no, she didn't swear often, but she was a very holy woman. She had a stack of prayers that she prayed every day. Um, but yeah, uh, no, but I, I guess I feel like I learned a lot from having our grandmother live with her. I think she lived with us like six years um, before she passed away. And it, it, I think even not even for like having your parents live with you being, um, being the source of wisdom, but grandparents to children, I think it is a healthy dimension. Um, all right, let's move on to 20. 
All right. So the way of discarding others can take a variety of forms, such as an obsession with reducing labor costs with no concern for its grave consequences, since the unemployment that is directly that it directly generates leads to the expansion of poverty. In addition, a readiness to discard others finds expression in vicious attitudes that we thought long past, such as racism, which retreats underground only to keep reemerging. Instances of racism continue to shame us, for they show that our supposed social social progress is not as real or definitive as we think wait okay all right so, so let's break that down i think that his his first an obsession with reducing labor costs with no concern for its grave consequences progress shifts working situations so granted like it does not make sense for you to say okay we're going to keep our labor costs really high even though we can reduce them by using new technology so that we go out of business like it's yeah because okay that then now nobody has model a job. because as you switch your business model you all of a sudden have now new openings for different types of labor mm-hmm. so the idea that you know people are like no no we can't have new any type of new technology in this because it'll cut our number of workers if you if you don't make progress and you don't like i just feel like well, it's obviously so you a shouldn't good ex- have concern for grave consequences like the the families of these people. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you're evil just because you lay people off. Mm-hmm. A good example of this would be it's an evolution of labor, basically. So uh, an example would be self checkout systems in stores. Mm-hmm. People freak out. They're like, "Oh my gosh, it's replacing cashiers." It's like, well, the age of the cashier is over. That's that's true. People do like to just check themselves out. They don't have to interact with people in some cases. Is that good for society? I think that's a debate for another time. But the point is that, yes, that cashier no longer longer has to work the cashier because it's automated now. The person can check themselves out. But now that machine breaks. Somebody has to come and fix it. And typically it's not super difficult. It's just Mm -hmm. you have to have access and you have to have a key. Now, the other thing too is that somebody has to manage those because sometimes people screw up. So there are still jobs that are generated from that thing here's another thing now okay we have a surplus of self-checkout systems and they're more complicated to build than a regular register system now we need to hire new people and more people in these factories to help assemble these pieces of equipment there's a whole like well people also now it's it's that whole situation that you were talking about i think in our last episode with the elephant people just look at one small aspect of this situation to draw their conclusion when if they zoom out and see the big picture they can realize that hey this has more effects than what we think this has this does create jobs this does have different effects this changes certain labor but it doesn't inherently just it's not just this evil corporate guy saying i want to get i want to fire employees it's i want to evolve my business so that it can continue to grow right well and i think it's the principle of the double effect that isn't an evil one which is basically that your goal is to keep your business alive and does that mean that there might be some unforeseen consequences that people lose their jobs? Yeah, like that happens. But the other thing too is that a lot of times with these businesses where like they'll, um, they lay off one, like they might like, so you've got like self checkouts, you now have a higher quantity for volume. So now you can hire more stockers and a lot of businesses do offer people like, you know, packages or they might offer them, um, they might offer them, um, like okay you can just transfer to another part of our company yeah that that would be a good example would be that like not everybody in the paper where it's like this store is closing down and everybody's getting laid off it's like yes technically it is closing down the reason it's closing down though is because they just bought a building twice the size in the city in the city next door and everybody who was working for that building has already been told that they're welcome to apply for their same job 
at the new building and they'll get it. Like yeah. that's where it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a thing where they just they see the one event and they zoom in and they say, Well, this is terrible and it's like, no, zoom out and you'll realize that it's really not that bad. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing too is the idea that you can't get rid of employee like the idea of competition in a workplace is healthy and it actually helps move people to do better and to improve themselves. If you have this notion that Oh, I, people feel sorry for me. So they're going to keep me employed. So like, I mean, it becomes a charity case and there's not the, there's not the dignity of work. Well, it's degrading to the human will, I think too, because it's just, you eventually get stagnant. You're like, yep, I worked this job. It's the same job I've worked for 20 years. There's no room for evolution. I think mankind needs that kind of drive and evolution they need thing they need to constantly be improving upon themselves if they can it doesn't have to happen though in work so you can do this you can just be content to do the same job every day but yet have other areas of your life where you grow or you can just keep developing and trying to make exactly perfect what you do so Mm -hmm. i don't think like i'm not saying even just the idea that you have to move around i'm just saying the idea of having competition within the within the workforce and the idea that if I do not perform well and earn my pay that I might be laid off, I think is actually a good, it's a good, not it's to good live in fear that you're going to be laid off all the time, but the idea that there is a mutual respect between employer and employee is is actually, I think, a, a healthy um there's there's a healthiness to know that I earn my money mm-hmm. and I in order to earn my money I do things well. Mm-hmm. There's a pride in not in a, in a sinful way, but there's like a you know there's an ownership and a pride in, and just a participation in the dignity of of work, which you know is one of the things that we even had in the garden. The idea that oh work is this evil thing. No work is a good thing. Um, it sanctifies us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can move on to the next section then with that. Oh, oh wait the wait the racism. racism. <laughs> Can't forget about racism. Yeah, how can you? Well, because if you don't see well, race, you don't think about racism yeah. ever, except that you keep getting accused of being a racist. Yep. Um, no, I think uh, I think this this is where the two, you look at it and you're like, is he talking about specific? Like, I just feel like he's... Pointing at America where, again. Uh, where, what other countries are being... At least in the United States, the only place that evidently has any racism whatsoever is the United States. If you watch our news media, they act as though slavery did not occur anywhere else in the world, which is not true. When it's not even just like currently in the world, it's like in the history of the world. Yeah, like it's not America like, was the only slave nation. Yeah. It's we, just ridiculous. There are still slaves in the world and they're not, I mean, for no. the most part, they're not here in the United States. And if they are in the United States, we'd like to get rid of it. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, the fact that there are, there's human trafficking and stuff, we would like to completely get rid of that, eradicate it from our country. Mm-hmm. But yet every time we try to do steps in order to do that, like close the borders so that people can't traffic across country. We get country, called you know, racist. It's, yeah. We're going to racist. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, but I think that um, the instances of racism, once again, give us some examples. What exactly are you saying? When you when he, when the Holy Father talks about racism, what exactly is he saying? Because racism has evolved. It, in the 1960s, in the United States, racism was demonstrated by segregation. And now in 2020, we had the, you know, this autonomous zone in Seattle that said, oh, no, no, we segregate our people. I mean, and there are different places. I was just reading an article, I think, about a, oh, gosh, I think it was a school that had. Oh, it's a school exclusively for black people or something? No, no, no. I don't have a problem with that. Um, it, it, the thing is it- this segregation is like if 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 a minority says we would like to have our own group Mm -hmm. just us i have no problem with that and i really don't even have a problem going beyond race like i think it's horrible for instance that 
men aren't allowed to just have all men's groups and that women are no longer allowed to just have women's colleges. And I mean, I think that the idea that a, a group who has a common interest and common needs can't just be exclusively them. I, I think that's horrible. But the idea that your racism is forced upon you. There was a school that had sensi- race tr- sensitivity training, training and they had yeah. black people training and white people training. Like, and they were considered anti-racist for this for segregation when you know 70 years ago the whole race the whole thing was segregation is racist i still do think segregation as a general rule if you're forcing segregation on people it is racist Mm -hmm. because why what what is it that like the man woman thing makes more sense because there actually are fundamental differences between men and women whereas there's not a man with black skin and a man with white skin have more in common than a white man and a, a white, white woman man do. and a white woman um, a lot more in common <laughs> <laughs> but there's you know and anyway but and I, but i do i like i don't have a problem with like the historical black colleges because they were created to fulfill a need which is these are people who are are just being introduced to freedom and freedom is not something that like in order to keep freedom you have to have it it has to be fostered by virtue and so the idea that you would say hey we're going to have a school specifically for people who are learning to um develop the vert now that i'm I'm not trying to say that black people didn't have virtues but Mm -hmm. like they were learning how to keep freedom and I think for them to ha- say we're going to group together and study together so that because we're learning some of the same lessons that other people take for granted, I don't have a problem with that. And I think if once you have it historically, a historical back college, I don't, I don't know. I think that's, I don't mind that vestige of the past if black people want it. If they don't, then you know we can get rid of it. it doesn't matter to me. Um, but I don't look at race as the first. When I see somebody, I, guess I don't see race first as a. But that makes me racist because. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, here's the deal. We've got I was having a conversation with somebody at work the other day. Um and she was talking about the Proud Boys, which is this organization I think that started in Seattle or Washington, one of the eastern states. It is I think it started as a joke. Nobody really knows who the Proud Boys are, but oh, they're white supremacists. They're white supremacists because they're anti-Antifa. Yes. The th- so I, I was trying to explain to but she's like you know the proud boys are the ones doing all this vandalism which isn't true uh, and they're they're a bunch of white supremacists and i said okay i i know very little about the proud boys but i happen to know that their leader is not white he's an Af- he's an afro-cuban how the heck can he be a white supremacist well he must identify as a white man well if all it takes to be a white person is that you identify as a white person, then once again, we don't have racism. Yeah. We, we don't have race then. We don't have race. We really just have ideas that people, you know, that we some have, ideas well, are Well, we have individualized objective ideas. realities based on, so there's no such thing as reality at that point then. Yeah. Well, and I think um, the man actually, I saw an interview with him. Like I saw part of an interview. I didn't watch the whole thing, um, but it was funny because he was wearing a t-shirt that said Western supremacy. Because obviously he isn't a white man. But the thing is, is that, yeah, he recognizes the same thing we recognize, which is that the Christian culture gave something to the world that's worthy of being protected. And, mm-hmm. and But the beautiful thing about Catholicism is the fact that it's Catholic. It's universal. Absolutely anyone of any part of the world can become a Catholic, grow in holiness, and ultimately be in heaven. Mm-hmm. God does not discriminate based on race. And 
I don't know. I just think that let's instead of saying, "Oh, you racist," you know, why not try to promote Catholicism where we could we wouldn't have. Well, it's another one of those things where it it's kind of like shutting down. Yeah, it's almost shutting down debate too, because he doesn't want to debate. He's just saying there is racism. He doesn't want to debate like what the racism is or how to determine where the racism exists and how to stop it. He just wants to say it's racist, it's bad, stop doing it. Yeah, well, and I, but I'm assuming I'm he's not going gonna, to later like, promote, in the document. Yeah, he might bring it up again. Yeah, basically, he's setting the stage for his for what he wants to have happen. But if he, the question, yeah. Um, but here's the other thing. Social progress. What does that mean? I, I don't know that for Catholics, we don't, I mean... We, social progress is how about, basically like, like spiritual progress yeah like we either are as a people are growing closer to all being saints or we're moving further away from it mm-hmm. it's not like progress it's not like we're becoming like history has a progression in the sense that it's leading toward the end of the world when every knee will bow in in you know every tongue shall every profess knee will Jesus bow. Christ how do you Lord. bow a knee um, every knee shall bend. Thank you. Every knee shall. Okay. Every knee shall bend. Every Just tongue profess. The, I'm trying to quote. It's a translation error, I bet, right? Uh, no, it will. If you take the Sarah mental translation error. <laughs> <laughs> I miss quoting Pope or Saint Paul, but it's this is the gist of his thing, which is that history is moving in a direction. It, it is moving to a direction, but it's not like a straight arrow. It, it's more like a, a series of kind of circles where we, we we cycle so we have so is maybe like a downward spiral not a downward spiral An because ultimately spiral? at the end christ the king is going to come in glory and good is going to conquer so it looks like it's going downward but ultimately it's gonna sh- shoot up because um god conquers in the you know god good will conquer in the end okay but so we're kind of moving towards it but at the same time there's a cycle so like the idea though that human progress and a- like as we move forward we get better it, that's not the case as we get holier we th- the world gets better but if we if if the church is not you know doing accomplishing its missionary activity and bringing souls to christ there's no progress of humanity uh, you know and social there's no social progress um in that sense so i think that's kind of um our supposed social progress is not as real or definitive as we think who thinks we have social progress if 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 people are not worshiping God on, I mean, I just look at the mass attendance in at least our area. It's pretty pathetic. Why? What? You know, we've had closed churches. People haven't had access to the sacraments during COVID. How is this? Why would we expect social progress? I yeah. guess is my point. All right, let's. Uh, we got one last section left okay. to finish up on. Um, this one looks pretty interesting. Uh, some en- economic rules have proved effective for growth, but not for integral human development. Uh, wealth is, has increased, but together with inequality, with the result that new forms of poverty are emerging, the claim that the modern world has reduced poverty is made by measuring poverty with criteria from the past that do not correspond to present-day realities. In other times, for example, lack of access to electricity or electric energy was not considered a sign of poverty, nor was a source of hardship. Poverty must always be understood engaged in the context of actual opportunities available in each concrete historical period. All right, so the first, I have one point, I guess, is this whole, this quote of new forms of poverty are emerging. Yeah, that actually, okay, so we're moving into a section where um, not everything is going to be the Pope quoting himself. This is actually from Benedict XVI. This is, these are both Benedict the Sixteenth. Uh, um, the quote of so one is Saint Paul the sixth. Is that Pope 
Paul the sixth. Sixteen. I was looking at seventeen. Sixteen is the encyclical letter Popolorum Pogreso. That's Italian, so it'd be uh, Pogreso. Okay, there we go. Um, and no, then Benedict the sixteenth um, is seventeen. Prior to this letter. encyclical, all encyclicals were in Latin, so don't pronounce it like an Italian. Well, wasn't that one Italian though? No, no. No, that one was in Latin. They're all in Latin except this one. Oh, okay. So, all right. Well, uh, Latin, Italian, same landmass, right? Um, yeah, it's interesting though because the the quotation so sixteen or sixteen would be some economic rules have proved effective for growth but not for integral human development. Which See, is, he's not quoting directly in that. No, no, he's and just, he's citing, which is good. He ought to do that. But it's what what I think is super interesting is that sixteen is actually a section of um, Caritas and Veritate, uh, Charity and Truth, which is by Pope. Benedict the sixteenth, the the seventeen, in the paragraph that he cites with new forms of poverty are emerging, which is a really short quotation. I think it would behoove us to actually find out what Pope Benedict is saying. But my the thing that's interesting is that the quotation, or so the sixteen, is actually quoted by Pope John Paul the second, who's quoted by Ratzinger, or Pope Benedict the sixteenth in the next one. So. He, it's not, I guess my point is 16 and 17 are actually connected if you look at the original sources. They're both Benedict? Yeah, so, so no, Benedict, so 16, uh, 16 is, is Pius the, the Sixth. Six, Paul the Sixth. Paul the Sixth, sorry. Um, and so, but Saint, um, so 17 is Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Mm-hmm. And his line in that is being part of what's being quoted is as John, this is in quotes, as John Paul II has already observed, the demarcation line between rich and poor countries is no longer as clear as it was in the time of Popolorum Progressio, which is 16. <laughs> so he actually got his quotation for the first part from from the paragraph of the 17. Oh, so, oh, that's interesting. So it's a, there's just a connection there. Gotcha. Um, the thing that I'm noticing is that the new forms of poverty emerging is that just it kind of, it, it's, he has to invent a new poor, I guess, is what he's saying. Um, well, I think that, um, yeah, I think the, um, so yeah, the new forms of poverty are emerging. The the paragraph that, that, that comes from is talking about actually not so much, um, not so much economics, but also the, the corruption of the political class. Okay. Um, I don't see exactly the same wording. It must be in there somewhere. Um. But just the idea that um, there there should be a like there should be a generosity among humanity, mm-hmm. and I totally agree with that. I just think that the idea that we're going to find it because people say, "Well, we're all the same. We all live on the same planet. Therefore, we should be generous." No, 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 no. We shall be generous generosity because comes from we're we Catholic. all worship the same Lord. Yeah, and because Christ is my God, you know, is my God. You're my brother. Therefore, well, and we should all want to be generous. This isn't. This shouldn't be. We're being forced to be generous, which is, I think, what you, that's the, it's a nice way right. of forced advertising Forced generosity communism. is called theft, and that's not. That's not something. <laughs> it not, it not does nobody any good to be a thief. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I think the new forms of poverty are just, the other thing too is I think that there is the, the idea of poverty. So w- the way that a human being lives today. So like um, when I lived and was a sister down in, um, in Southern Illinois, there were people who claimed poverty, but yet poverty in that in you know in our day and age 
meant this person had a cell phone. Mm-hmm. This person had, had running food, water. They had running water. Um, they didn't own a car, so mm-hmm. they had to they had to take the bus places, and that was a, you know, granted that's a hardship, but at the same time, it's it wasn't a um, it wasn't a, you know the person had like video games mm-hmm. like so you you look at them and you're like okay well destitute you really have something different now that, that being said there are parts of the world where that destitution, are still and yeah. the pope is the pope of those sections of the world as well and so um the united states i mean great there are there are people who are truly poor in the united states um and there are people obviously there are tons of people who are truly poor in other parts of the world mm-hmm. um but I, I don't know when they say new forms of poverty, I don't know that they're basically, I don't know that they're saying that, um, I'm not sure exactly what that means. But the idea that there is inequality is true. But the problem is if, if the inequality were among people of holiness, then the generosity and the help of the upper classes would be, you know, useful to the lower class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it's really a, it, this crisis in the world is a crisis of holiness, I think. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate that the Pope isn't pushing that. I mean, unless more. we're going to be surprised at the end of the document, all yeah, of a he sudden might just... the Pope says, and for this reason, everyone, I reject what I say. Um, I, I, I have looked ahead. It, I, I don't get, don't, don't get my hopes up. <laughs> um, but the idea that, you know, maybe that that's what the, it would be cool if the Pope had ended this just, with, I'm rejecting all my teachings the Catholic church is the church of Christ. Mm-hmm. Everybody become Catholic. It'll make the world a better place. Um, and, and not become real Catholics, devout Catholics, holy Catholics. Devout Catholics. Catholic now is a bad phrase. It seems Orthodox Catholic. Orthodox Catholic. The, well, that's really funny because <laughs> Orthodox is what better. we call the schismatics. Um, I, uh, devout Catholics. I was like, okay, that I could go with devout, um, as a word. We just gotta, we just gotta take that word back. Yeah. No. Oh, there was an, um, what was the, I don't know. I did hear an, an expression that I was like, okay, that one isn't bad yet. It wasn't about um, practicing. Well, practicing. Um, yeah, I don't know, but real Catholics. Well, maybe remember it for next time. We yeah, are hitting was, the, the top of our hour here, so we should do oh, want to yeah. wrap things up. Yes, we do. So, and we finished that section, which is what our goal was for this one. So. Yep. So, if you guys want to tune in for our next episode, we'll be going through the section insufficiently universal human rights. That sounds like fun. Yep, and then conflict and fear. So it sounds like it's going to get a little more depressing so that we get dominated by the author of this document to gain control over the people by spreading despair and discouragement. I don't know, maybe that wasn't his intention. But anyway, that's um, what we have to look forward to. So uh, thank you for listening.